Hey guys, before you get into this week's episode, I had to stop by and leave you with a brief disclaimer. We did experience some sound issues this week. And by sound issues, I mainly mean that I forgot that my mic was not plugged in for the entire conversation. <laughs> and so with that, we ask that you bear with us uh, this week as the sound quality may not be what you're accustomed to, uh, but we will be back to our regular sound next week. And uh, let's go ahead and get into the show. Oh my god! I was trying to see how long I could keep the little thing the same length, but it didn't do that, but it didn't do that, but it didn't do that. friends just sipping chatting and relaxing i'm aaron and i'm jackie and today we'll be discussing body image and how it affects us in the media and just trying to tackle that topic um today we have a special guest today miss zz zanetta say hey Greta. hey how you guys and before we go ahead and get into things let's go ahead and check in with everybody so how are you ladies doing today Whew. i'll let y'all start well we'll start with our guests what are you, how are you feeling today Zanetta? Uh, I am just surviving this quarantine and the madness that comes with it I've been stuck in this house since March 13th and it's getting a little tiresome but you know you know I'll make it work how about you guys I was just gonna say I've just been having the strangest of weeks but I survived. Before I got on, I was a couple minutes late because I was fighting with my wine bottle because the cork broke and then my wine opener broke. And then I had to push it in with a knife and then wine spread it. It was just a real battle, y'all. I was just... Rona is not allowing you to be great today. Right? You had all this catastrophe with your wine <laughs> and you could have signed on and then had that catastrophe. Well, I was trying to be prepared. Like, I had started 10 minutes before and I was like, I'm just going to take the cork out and everything's going to be good. And I'm going to sit here and I'm going to drink it while I click the link and yada, yada, yada. And child, I was in there fighting. It's just. Bless your heart. <laughs> but my week has actually been a very. Heavy week two, um, but, and it's only Wednesday, but like you said, just kind of trying to push through it and navigate that and trying to deal with these officials in office that's trying to get us all killed and everything by opening up Georgia, but I'll be staying my black behind in the house, so I don't know about y'all. But other than that, it's been good. About that, (laughs) I was really tempted. Uh, For those who don't know, I got a short haircut maybe like two months ago. And my hair grows pretty fast, so it was growing out. And I was really tempted to be like, well, I'll just go to the barbershop and go back home. And then y'all start sharing all these videos with these healthcare workers and stuff. And I was like, okay, okay, fine. Oh, Lord. So this weekend, I may try to cut my hair myself. So just pray and keep me in your thoughts. (laughs) Okay. Funny, Funny story, though, about going out. So... Like I said, I've been having a real uh, heavy week um, emotionally and stuff and dealing with some, some situations and circumstances. Mm. Um, anyway, so I had to go I had to go pick up a package from my dad at FedEx. And then I was like, hmm, 
you know, I wonder if that drive through liquor store is open today. <laughs> so I drove by and I had a mask on or whatever. Um, and then I also had like a, um, what do you call it? A paper towel under, cause I heard like, kind of like act as a filter. Mm-hmm. So I was like, let me, I'm looking crazy anyway. So I went to the liquor store and they were open. So I, little, I bust me a little Yui. Mm-hmm. And then I gave him my card to charge and then he went like he was about to go. And then he came back and was like, um, I need to see your ID. You could be anybody up under there. I was like, oh, <laughs> use you. All right. All right. Whatever. Um, about these about these masks though. Can y'all breathe? Because I be fighting for my life under these masks. And I just <laughs> I be hyperventilating. What kind of mask are you using? <laughs> like so I have two masks. I have I guess there's like a Chinese version of the N95 mask that I was able to get my hands on. And then I have the surgical mask. And child, under them things, I just be like, I be going through it, child. I just. (laughs) And I have to wear them at work. And you be trying to concentrate on talking to somebody. And you just be like, I'm about to pass out. I actually surprisingly didn't have much trouble breathing in mine, even with a little extra added paper towel, but um I do have issues like some like sometimes like I'm the type of person that if I have the blankets over my head too long, I'd be like, Oh god, I got to get out of here, I can't breathe, it's too hot. Right. So I was actually surprised that I didn't have any issues with it, but it was actually pretty breathable. But I wonder if the fact that it's so breathable <laughs> how effective it is <laughs> against germs and viruses the, I don't know whatever <laughs> I am kind of upset right now because Erin um, and I were supposed to be flying tomorrow yes. on a trip overseas Ooh. and I'm upset because I had to return all my PTO <laughs> I gotta cancel my flight, and now I gotta sit at home for the next <laughs> five to seven days. Well, I'm I'm still gonna be here, <laughs> but still, <laughs> like I was about to pack my bags, and then I was like, ah, ooh, we on quarantine lockdown. We ain't going nowhere. And then I don't know if you oh saw Aaron, God. but um. The coordinator put up a post saying we were supposed to leave tomorrow. I was like, no, it's Sherlock. We were supposed right. to leave tomorrow. Right. I was tomorrow. like, is she trying to <laughs> trying to depress people? Like, is she? Oh, Lord. Where were y'all supposed to go? Morocco. Morocco. Oh. Well, it was about to be fancy, fancy. It was going to be so much fun. I had my little swimsuit. Now I'm over here like, so where am I wear this swimsuit that I bought for this trip? Because in the bathtub, that family friendly, All right, all right, y'all. So like we always do, before we get started, we're gonna do a little bit of this or that, and I think I'll start things off. So first, this or that? Would you rather go through the process of ten? interviews and still not get the job or have someone get publicly praised and receive credit for the work that you did i don't really care about getting praised for things i actually don't like attention like that in that way 
Um, but what if you had put in all like, this work, child? And then they was like, thank you. I mean, Amanda. I would feel a way. <laughs> I would feel a way, but it's just like, but also I don't like 10 interviews. I barely like one. Right. So, but you got a job though. What kind of job is it though? Let's, let's talk about that. Like, That's do real. I got benefits? Do I? That's real though. Because if I did all that work and I still, I mean, I guess all of it is a bunch of work. And then if it doesn't pay off, you know. Right. I don't know. I guess I'm gonna go with somebody taking credit for my stuff because Jesus knows. Okay. Z, Jesus know your heart. Um, me, I would probably go through ten interviews. And really, just for the experience. Mm. Yeah, well, just for the experience of knowing that you know, I was able to meet these people, and especially it's good networking at the end of the day. So. If nothing comes mm-hmm. out of it on these 10 interviews, I know somewhere down the line, they might pass off my information to somebody else at a different company and I may get that dream job that I always wanted. So, so I see it. You are right. a good one. You smart. Yeah. Well, I feel like an idiot for my little choice. <laughs> <laughs> that was very smart. Okay, so I have one for you guys. Mine isn't as extravagant or meaningful as that one, but Cocoa butter or shea butter? Ooh. Shea butter. Okay. I love her. Anyway, I'm going to go with shea butter. I just Hmm. feel like, I don't know why I feel like that. It's just thicker, so I feel like it might be more effective. That's what she said. What about you, ZZ? I like shea butter. Well, I like like whipped. I like whipped shea butter, so it's a much light. It's Ooh, still yes. thick, but it's a little bit. It's a little lighter, but still has to gets the job done. And plus, I get mine in different, you know, scents. Right. So you know, I'm not just smelling like straight shea butter. I, I can smell like mango or peach. Yes. <laughs> keep, people, keep the peach. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Right, a little variety. Okay, this is going to be interesting. Okay, Netflix or Hulu? Netflix all day. Oh, no. Because without Netflix, I wouldn't be able (laughs) to. I'm saying, but without Netflix, you wouldn't be able to see Tiger King. Come on now. You can't tell me that's not the best situation out there since sliced bread. Tiger King. Come on now. You do, right? That's said. Only on Netflix. They bring the ratchet. They do bring a bracket. They have this show that I've been um kind of getting into called Too Hot to Handle. Mm. I think we're probably gonna do an episode about it. It seems very <laughs> messy. <laughs> so yeah, I guess I'll go with Netflix or whatever. Um, so my second one is also about TV since I've been I was telling Zanetta that I was watching I've been watching How to Get Away with Murder. So Scandal or How to Get Away with Murder. Oof, how to get away with murder, child. I could not get into scandal. I don't know what it was. What? Girl, let me tell you something about uh, Shonda Rhimes. These reads that she be writing in these things, girl, Uh be taking my soul. I be like, oh my God. Like, I was like, and also, I feel like, I don't know what it is, but I just feel like I just be crying (laughs) all the time. I felt like that. <laughs> like somebody is talking to me. I don't know if it's because you get older and you have experiences and you can understand and relate to a lot of uh, more different things, I guess. But it was like, 
they were talking about something, girl, and I just like started almost ugly face crying. I'm like, what the Dang, hell? Girl. <laughs> What's going real. on? <laughs> oh man. Uh, I would choose how to get away with murder because scandal was just doing too much for my soul. I was tired of Olivia and the president going on and off with their relationship. I couldn't handle it. She wanted to be the side chick. <laughs> glorified side chick i just couldn't do it with miss how to get away with murder it's just they were just finding every which way not to go to jail and i need those type of people in my life (laughs) so (laughs) those are the type of people you get around you because when stuff goes down they gonna find a way to get you out so i'm gonna have to do how to get away with murder zanetta has good insight on some of these choices I be thinking about this when I be watching these shows. I be thinking. This girl like, you know what? That's what I'm going to do if I get into some mess right there. All right. Mm -hmm. Next. Would you rather not wash your face for 60 days or wear the same outfit for 360 days? Technically, I wear the same outfit 365 days, and it is my birthday suit. So that's that's child place. So I'm gonna take that one. Just saying. In fact, I'm wearing my birthday suit right now. So I'm gonna go with that. I'm not gonna not wash my face for 60 days. That's a little gross. Now, can you wash these? Can you wash these clothes? I, I don't know. It just says wear the same outfit. So well, if I if I put in I gotta wash my face because you be you got the crust in your eye. You got you gonna break out if you don't wash your face, and nobody wants to have a breakout face. Ooh, nobody wants yeah. to have acne, and it's just an oily face. So knowing that, like she said, birthday suit all day every day, and plus you gotta wash your dryer. Wash that stuff, you know. Just watch it. Right. Hang around different people. They ain't gonna... <laughs> Hang around different people because they ain't gonna know that you wore the same outfit yesterday or two days ago. And you be good. And the fact that we on quarantine, ain't nobody gonna see your shit anyway, Ooh. so you might as well just wear the same outfit. True. You know? <laughs> you could be like Arthur and have the same outfit in the closet of the same exact thing and not have to worry about washing it. True. <laughs> But so my last question kind of relates into the topic or kind of segues, segues, is that right? Segues, whatever. It builds a bridge to the topic. <laughs> and so my question is boob, a boob job that's too big or a butt job where you're, you know how people's butts and they thighs don't Ooh. match like Kim Kardashian. Oh, my God. oh Jesus. So either one of those two. A boob job that's too big or where your butt don't match your thighs. I'm going to go with... Yeah. <laughs> Can I do this? Can I do this one? Can I go first? Go ahead. Sure. Uh, so, uh, I already have an ass, so I really can't... I can't... I, I already got it, so it ain't going to really work out for me. Um, My butt's already too big already so what i'm gonna take is that boob job that's too big yeah it's gonna be hurting my back okay. but i i rather i rather have that hurt my back than not have my thighs and butt not matching <laughs> so oh, you're gonna take that 
I would have to agree. I'm gonna go ahead and go with two big boobs. Big old because mm-hmm. I just love booties, and to see a bad looking one, it just really hurts my soul. So I know, doesn't it? Ugh. All right. So before we get into our topic, which again is body image, let's talk about what we're sipping on today, since this is sip session. We we're trying to get it together and actually be sipping on stuff. Um, I'll start. So today. I'm still having my Stella Rose because I still have it in the fridge, um, peach. But it also has a wee bit of vodka. <laughs> I, know <that's, laughs> I know that's ghetto or whatever, but like I said, it's been one of them weeks. So. Is that ghetto? I don't know. I just feel like you're not supposed to mix wine and, and liquor, liquor, aren't you? I feel like that so would be the know. perfect mixture. But anyway, don't listen to me. What are you ladies sipping on? Okay, I am sipping on... Behringer. I had talked about this a couple weeks ago, but my favorite um, what do you call it? My favorite brand of Moscato is Behringer Main and Vine. And it's just like so mm. sweet and it has a nice alcohol content. Like you're not going to be laid out, but you're still going to get nice and relaxed and it just is so good. And that is what I was fighting with before we got on this episode. <laughs> After you just said all this nice stuff about it, that was that was the fight that I had earlier. <laughs> but yes, that's what I'm sipping on: Behringer, Maine, and Vine Moscato. What about you, Z? Okay, don't judge me, guys. Um, so beforehand, I was drinking um this smooth red wine called um, mm. Fourteen Hands Hot to Trot. I was drinking that, and then okay. I kind of I kind of got tired of it midway through. And so I um, went to my old faithful um, Appleton rum and Coke. So that's <laughs> what I'm drinking on right now. <laughs> She's there. Oh, so easy didn't come to play. Appleton rum. Yes, ma'am. It's just enough rum. Zanetta always has some kind of, she always got some kind of liquor, moonshine. If you want to get lit, go to her. Because she always got something strong. Just like you, Jackie, I too went to the liquor store today. <laughs> yes. yes. And I and I will be back there on Friday. <laughs> Just to stock up a little bit. I'm trying to tell you, as soon as I get rid of these bottles. Hmm. I mean, there's really nothing else to do, so. Right, I ain't got no booze, so I can't be like rabbits right now, so. Might as well just... It. And then we also have a podcast called Sip Session, so that kind of works. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, so let's go ahead and get into our topic. Let's start off, um, again, we're talking about body image. Let's start off with something simple. Um, let's just discuss like how we feel social media, not social media, but media in general um, affects how we view our body image or how we feel like we're supposed to look. Or that standard. You know what? I had to think a completely different answer than what I was going to say. But I really feel like it depends on which media you're looking at. Because there's, I guess you call it mainstream. And then if you're black, which all of us are, you have black media. And I feel like they have two different images of what the perfect body would be. Hmm. What do you think, Zizi? 
Uh, I kind of think those kind of intersect, like mainstream media and mm. blackstream media. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, in mainstream media, it's always women with smaller waists. In black media, mm. it's the girls with the smaller waists. The, um, in white media, you know, they are starting to slowly get into the bigger bottoms, hourglass shape mm-hmm. type things that, you know, black media is doing. So they're kind of like teeter-tottering on that line. Um, mm. But at, like, at the end of the day, it's just, it's an unrealistic image that is being plastered all over, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, magazines, stuff that you watch on TV. It's just, it's just an un- un- unrealistic mm-hmm. image. Like nobody, the average woman is not, doesn't have a 27 inch waist, 38, 42 inch hips and like a big bust. No average woman has that. Like we're not built like that. Like none of that. And then I feel like mm-hmm. the image starts at a young age with these Barbies. Like the way the Barbies mm-hmm. built. Like she, we look at them, we're like, oh, she's pretty. So we equate that with our Barbies. And then we've seen these Instagram models. And they're showing off their their bodies, and we're like, "Dang, I want to have a body like her." And you seeing she getting all these followers and all these comments, and she living the high life because she looks like this. And so now I gotta struggle to keep up with her and get the attention that she's getting. And at the end of the day, it's just like a di- it's like a spiral downward hill spiral of us hating each other, hating ourselves nitpicking in the mirror of what we can can fix and what we cannot fix and just being sad and depressed because we don't have this it's just a mess like to me it's just tiring it's tiring (laughs) yeah yeah I think um I kind of lean on the side of what Danetta is saying I feel like um in more recent years I feel like in the past like back in the day um mainstream was kind of all about super skinny like model like um like very small no room for a lot of curves or you know any type of meat or anything like that but I feel like in more recent years like mainstream is now becoming well at least as far as like social media and and that type of new era of influencers and things like that has now become all types of people of races and whatever having big butts small waist um everybody's trying to do exercise to get their butt lifted you know all types of things like that and I feel like I feel like it's an influence I think I feel like that standard um has kind of like Zanetta said kind of crossed over and I feel like it's kind of that same image that you're getting especially on social media like you said there's always Instagram models there's always um, naked this, that stupid tone around pose where you can see their butt lifted and their waist small. Like, <laughs> I think that it all kind of merged into a, a, a standard that, like Zanetta said, like most women aren't built super skinny or whatever the case may be, or a big butt and, and, and 
big breasts and small waist. And half the time, especially on Instagram, most people are getting those things done uh-huh. to them. So it's just like, so how am I supposed to, how is that supposed to be the standard of beauty if you don't even naturally look that way? Yeah. Like, I don't like that because I, I'm I'm not, like, I'm not against plastic surgery, but don't lie to my face saying that you were born this way. It's genetic. Sweetheart, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> okay, it's not. You can't tell me your butt. No, I didn't get a nose job. Girl. No, I didn't get no booty. I saw you two months ago looking like this, and now you looking totally different. Don't tell me that you lost weight. Weight can only, you lose weight can only do so much. It's not gonna do what you look like now. Please don't lie to me. Just say, I got this done, I got this done. And we keep it at that. I'm like, okay, cool. You look great. Just don't be like, yeah, girl, I worked out. I was like, there's no amount of working out and eating right that's going to get your body looking like Kim Kardashian or these IG models out here. Don't lie to me. But let, let me ask this, though. Okay, so we talked about getting, like, the fake booties, fake boobs or whatever. And I think now it's very clear, like, if your thighs don't match your butt, it's not real. And it doesn't look good, at least based on the comments that I be reading. I don't go through all 20,000 of them. But so why do you feel like people keep getting these butts and these titties if they don't even look real and they don't look good, according to social media's comments? Like, what do you feel like is the what's the motivation if it's not going to look real? I think that because it's it's plastered everywhere. Um, I think we kind of touched on this a little bit, like just feeding your mind with all of that. And that's all you see is these, you know, beautiful women, you know, looking like this or beautiful men looking like that. Um, And then seeing the payoff of kind of like the self-esteem of like having all those likes and having comments, people are making money off of it. So it's kind of like trying to, you know, boost your chances of getting the money or also, um, I can't only I can't speak for the men experience, but from the women's perspective, like women feeling like, OK, so men like this type of women, this helps me secure a bag in a different way as far as like maybe I can get a baller. Maybe I can get a uh, actor. Maybe I can get this, that and the other. I think it just sets a standard for a bunch of I don't want to say unrealistic things, but just like it just I think the promise of everything that comes with being a an aesthetically pleasing looking person and how you can get money off of it you can get um sex or love um just self-esteem you get likes you get approval and i think that that sometimes plays a big part in that especially on the minds of younger children or younger people um to constantly see that this is the norm Mm. i wanted to kind of ask a question though so speaking of plastic surgery so do y'all think that there is a, I agree with Zanetta. I don't think that, um, I'm not against people getting plastic surgery. I think it's your life. You do what you want to do with it. But do you think that there is a point that becomes, this is too much? Because hmm. I feel like people are allowed to feel however they feel. I just feel like there is there is a point where you're doing too much with your plastic surgery. Like, like for instance, mm-hmm. there's, I don't know her name, but she's referred to as the cat woman or the cat lady. And she literally yeah. oh, looks like a cat. Like, 
I don't know who she went to where they were like, okay, I'm going to do this to you. I'm going to pull, pull this here, cut this there. Like, I don't know. I, I guess, like, peop, like, people have, what is it, body dysmorphia or something where they fix mm-hmm. something and then, like, five seconds or five minutes later, they see that something else is wrong. So they have to fix that. And it keeps going and going until, mm-hmm. you know, it's just out of control. They don't see it, but we can be like, oh, okay, you you did a lot. And I mean, I don't, and plus you gotta give it to these doctors that you know it's money in their pocket, so they're gonna keep doing yeah. it, yeah, just to make you feel better. Even though you looking crazy coming out of this hospital, they got your money, so there's nothing you know you can really do. You're right. I think also when it when it supersedes like your health. Or your face falling off, or you know what I mean, like not mm-hmm. not literally falling off, but like if the doctor is saying, "Look, there's no more meat here to make your nose smaller," or "Look, like if you take one more ounce of fat from your stomach, you're gonna look like a skeleton," or whatever the case is, like right. when it becomes more important than your health then yes, it's definitely going too far. And I think some people, like, even if the whole world said, okay, like, that job actually looks really good on you, um, there's something in themselves where they're looking for something more. And it's not necessarily Mm -hmm. the, um, they're not necessarily looking for the acceptance of society anymore. It's something that they themselves aren't, in love with and I feel like if you aren't in love with yourself then you should probably before you get any kind of plastic surgery you need to go ahead and talk to somebody some mental health yes I agree I think that um like I said I I think that people should be able to do whatever they want I feel like we all have insecurities about different things on our bodies you know our nose our ear our, our toe our stomach or whatever and people will tell us all day like girl like you're beautiful like that's fine it doesn't look crazy it doesn't whatever whatever but whenever you feel a certain way about something within yourself that's just how you feel and I don't have I don't see issue with people getting things if they have the resources and the means to do so and they are in the right state of mind Mm -hmm. getting things done but like you said I think it becomes obsessive when you're starting to completely look not human Mm -hmm. like that is that that's crazy to me and it's like they like there's people that I think there's a guy that is trying to look like a Ken doll. So he has like all this surgery, people getting like fake pecs and super big lips and all this crazy stuff. And I'm just like, but you look crazy though. But they don't see it like that. And it kind of reminds me of like um, eating disorders, how people, I think they perceive themselves to be fat or whatever the case may be. And they, you know, go through those means to try to not look that way or feel that way and I think the same can be true like you said I think they should probably talk to someone before people get these extensive surgeries like after so many surgeries like okay you need to be flagged to like at least sit down and make sure you understand the repercussions of what you're actually doing to yourself Mm -hmm. because some of that stuff you can't take back after you get to a certain point there ain't no returning back to what you used to look like 
and sometimes I kind of um like I see celebrities sometimes like that I think look beautiful before they got surgery or different things done like I think Meg Ryan um Uh what's her name Vivica Fox they got like lip stuff done I was like what the hell they are beautiful and then they got the lips done it's just like have you seen Renee Zellweger no, what she look like, girl? <laughs> she looks totally different. Like she was in some movie that I watched, and it was really good. But I was like, this lady seems really familiar. But that can't be who I think it is. Like, it's, she just looks so different. She looks strange. Wow. But so I kind of wanted to touch on something that you mentioned, like the guy that's looking like a Ken doll, and Zanetta. Um, you mentioned the lady that looks like a cat. Is it too much surgery if the goal of surgery is to look like something that's not human? Yes, because I think that, again, goes back to the mind because it's like those things aren't you're trying to look like a plastic doll. Something's not right about that (laughs) mentally is that you're going so far to look like plastic. (laughs) No pun intended. (laughs) But it's like... (laughs) It's unrealistic. It's a it's a damn doll. Like <laughs> the doll ain't even real, you know. I don't know why that cracked me up. And to piggyback off of that, like who wants to look like a cat? Like so. Well, she does. If that's <laughs> if that's what she wants to look like, is it really too much plastic surgery? If that is her goal in getting surgery, to look ob- like a cat. Like you said, you can never obtain looking like a a fictional human and you can never look like a wild cat out here in these streets like you can never look like that a human is not supposed to do we're not supposed to look like that we're supposed it 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 just looks weird it just and so what happens but she doesn't what if she meets okay what if she like is satisfied with okay i look like a cat Mm, I'm gonna go past looking like a cat now. I'm gonna go ahead and look like a snake. Like, come on now. Like, sh- you. Mm, I, nah, girl. I, <laughs> I think too, like, okay, so I get what you're trying to say, Aaron. Like, if that's what they want and that's their intent and that's what they desire to do, I think that is their business. Um, it, it ain't got to make sense. Hell, I ain't paying for it. That's another thing. I'd be like, where did y'all get all this money for all this surgery every five seconds? But <laughs> again, none of my business. But if that's if that's your goal, if that's what you're focused on, if that's what you feel like you need to do, I personally feel like you may need to have some type of mental health stuff going on. But it's a free country. You do what you want to do. But I think it becomes a problem for me if, again, that is causing health issues and you're not concerned about that and your thing is to continue to get bigger boobs or bigger like have you seen that I, I forgot I don't know if it was I think it was a woman and she had like some very large breasts probably bigger than her and it's just like was she also that's too was much. she also trying to be a black person oh no I know he's talking about no but that one is a whole nother she topic girl <laughs> that's out of the heart what she what's the what the uh Rachel Dolezal said she was uh, transracial. I think that lady you know transracial. Speaking of Rachel Dolezal, I just rewatched part of her documentary on Netflix. And am I crazy that I really just 
I feel a little bad for her. Like, I think people went in on her a little too harsh. Am I wrong? I kind of feel, I feel a little bit sympathy for her. Mm. She was trying to, she was trying to help out. But she didn't have to lie that she was a white woman to try to help out the black community. I can see that. Uh, but her braids were fire, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if there's necessarily a right or wrong answer for me. I don't think that she was right. I did feel sympathy for her as a human as to her thought process to get her to a place to be like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to live on this whole new life. And I understand her wanting to be um, helpful to the Black community, but really, you can be a better and stronger ally, ally being your white self, because that's what we need is white people calling the shit out. Not We've been talking about the shit forever, right. but you being a white person could make a good impact just being yourself. But again, I don't that's know. Another, that's a whole nother That's topic. another topic for another day. Oh, sorry. I, I have a question. Sorry. Um, so along with plastic surgery... How do you feel about people going overseas to get plastic surgery if it's not in the state? Um, Black market surgeries, going out of country, going to a different one because it's cheaper in those countries or the surgeries are not offered in the States. So they go to a different country to get mm -hmm. that surgery because there's somebody that's willing to do it also for a cheaper price. How do you feel about that? And with the risk and the complications being involved that, you know, you're not under supervision of like a doctor, um, like there's a lot of health risk and you can't go to like a post-op because you're in a different country. So how do you feel about that? Mm -hmm. I, um, you know what I've, I am learning um, as I get up in age. Some things you just need to pay the money for. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. like I'm going to really, I don't know if it's dumbing it down or this comparison may not even be. Anyway, so for instance, like, I love Aldi, right? I love Aldi. The grocery store? Yes, the grocery store. Oh, okay. But... <laughs> All right, I just wanted, I wanted clarity. <laughs> I, I love Aldi. But when it comes to, for instance, say some of Aldi's cereals versus name brand cereals, I'm going to take the name brand cereals because they're better quality. Uh, they have a taste that I want. Like there's just some things like when it even comes to clothes, shoes, apartments cars whatever right. there's just some things that if you want a certain quality you're just gonna have to pay for it and i'm a frugal person just based on my upbringing i don't like paying a lot of money for stuff and especially like in my early 20s where i really didn't i mean i don't have money now but when i really wasn't working like that like i would pay you know let's say five dollars for a shirt at ross or whatever and i love ross too mm -hmm. but some stuff falls apart because it's cheap you know what i'm saying right. and so if you want something especially when it comes to your body if you want something of quality 
um, and you want the post-op opportunities and you want to make sure that the doctor is reputable and all of that, you just have to be willing to pay some money. And so I feel like if you go out of the country because it's cheaper, you just have to expect you're going to run into some complications. And I mean, thank God if you have gotten surgery out of the country and you haven't run into those complications and you're happy with what you Um, with the service that was provided and the result or whatever. But if you go to Mexico or Bolivia or wherever and you get a cheap-ass butt lift and then your booty is falling after three months, like you just have to expect that the quality is not going to be there. And you can't be mad about it. I mean, you can be, but I feel like you shouldn't be mad about it. I mean, I think, Kind of like you said, like, I think, and it kind of goes back to the image that we are pumped with constantly or whatever, that pressure to look a certain way. And I feel, and again, speaking from the woman's perspective, because I don't know what men go through because I'm not a man, but I feel like for women, it's like that constant image of saying, oh, this is what women, this is what guys are attracted to. This is what gets money. This is that that pressure and those seeds that are planted from a, from kids and then people get desperate and people um, you know, want to get their ass done and end up going to somebody's basin, basement and getting injected with olive oil. Like, I just think when it becomes to that extreme where you are not considering your health over what you're trying to get done, that then becomes a problem because you're not thinking straight. Like, if you, you're willing to die over some oil in your ass, like, what? <laughs> Like, that sounds crazy to me. So I think that, like, again, if you want to get plastic surgery, that's your business. Go ahead and do it. But be smart about it and be safe about it because there's always going to be a risk because obviously they're cutting you open or doing whatever, moving this around, moving that around. Um, But I would say just try to do that in the safest manner possible. And if people, if some, if doctors are saying that that's not safe or they don't do that here, I would kind of, you know, they went to school a little bit. Not to say doctors know everything, but I'm saying they went to school. They know more than we do. So I would just kind of go with that and not get the shit done. I don't know. But that's cool. Well, I'm going to be devil's advocate here. And what if they, okay, like you said, doctors go to um, medical school and whatever. Um, yeah, the doctors. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, pause. As in, can I just say? Jackie was like, I mean, doctors went to school a little bit. And so then I was like, I mean, they go to school or whatever, but like, <laughs> they know what we mean. They, they know what we mean. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, okay, okay, so the doctors in the US, yeah, they go to medical school and, you know, they specialize in, you know, plastic surgery. And there's probably like a code or something where they're like, yeah, we're not going to do this surgery here. What makes you think that a doctor in a different country also went to medical school, also mm. specialized in plastic surgery over there, they are able to do what the doctors in the U- in the United States can't do. Both went to the same, both went to medical school, both specialized in plastic surgery. It's just, one doctor was able to successfully do it that another doctor couldn't do in the United States. So if a woman knows that, okay, hypothetically, oh, I can get my one of my ribs taken out to make my waist look smaller, and there's a doctor 
over in Europe or Asia that says that they they have successfully done it to make my waist look smaller, I'm going to just fly over there and get it done versus being told no from several doctors here who couldn't successfully perform it. So what do you say to those girls? I think that they're so I want to I want to make sure that I make this clear because I'm not saying just because someone go to an, goes to another country to get plastic surgery that they're automatically going to have a lower uh, grade of experience or bad quality. I'm speaking to like people that go and like I think that com- that 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 goes into making sure that you do your research because you want to know, okay, so why has this not been successful? They may have done that that one time, but like how many successful surgeries have you had? Um, what's the reason for the doctors here not being able like, I feel like you need to cover all bases because just because someone can do it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a, the percentage, the percentages of continuing to do it may be a successful thing. That could have been the one out of, you know, 12 million and then you go there and then it's like well shit you know what i'm saying like so i think that that's where making sure that you cover all bases and doing as much research and trying to find out as much information on the procedures the procedure regardless of where you go and the different standards that different countries may have for certain surgeries um comes into play because again you just don't want to go somewhere just because it's cheaper everything that's cheaper ain't better and, you know, just because one person ain't doing it doesn't always mean the person that is doing it is doing it correctly or, you know, whatever. So I would just say make sure you do your research because, again, anytime you go under the knife, there's a risk. So I would definitely want to make sure that whoever's doing that knows what the hell they're doing and has a track record to prove that. That and also you... You have to think about if you are a citizen of the United States or whatever country you're a citizen of, and you're getting surgery in another country, you're still not a citizen of that country. So some of their resources or whatever are not going to be available to you. So I know we talked a little bit about post-op. Like if, if I get my titties done or my booty done and I have to have post-op appointments, I want to go to the doctor that did them, number one. And so you really have to think about the kind of resources that you're going to have access to if you go out of the country. Because you may, you just may not, you may not be connected to consistent resources or a consistent medical person, or you may not have the money to keep going back and forth to get to those appointments or whatever the case is. Like, so on top of, what Jackie's saying, you got to think about your own resources and your own rights in a different country. Right. I think too, like, but I think, well, let me not say, cause I've never had it done, but I, from the, the, what am I trying to say? So like from the people that are like constantly going or like trying to look like a, a cat or a lizard or a um, Barbie. <laughs> like those people that are (laughs) the people that are like constantly getting those surgeries back to back to back like they got i mean you gotta have money for that well that's what i was gonna say but i'm trying not to count no so i was just like that's real you have to like those surgeries are not cheap getting to another country is not cheap having to get visas like all of that adds up you know what i'm saying 
And sorry, I'm not as close right. to the mic as I have been. And Jackie gonna send me a text. But <laughs> oh, oh my shady God. Be, the point is right. the point is plastic surgery in itself already is gonna take a chunk of change. And then you talking about trying to find mm-hmm. a way to get out of the country. Then you gotta find somewhere to stay. You gotta eat. You gotta find a plane ticket. You like child. So, yeah, so question. Here's another question. Now I'm posing to you girls, to you ladies. Okay. What? What if you guys had children, daughters? They have not hit the age of 18 yet, but they stated that they want some form of plastic surgery. What would you say about that? No. <laughs> I didn't even get to process the last words that I said. Okay, no. part two to that. Aaron just answered. <laughs> but hold on. Wait, part two. Hold on. I'm going to let you answer, um, Jackie. But part two. Okay. How would you feel about children under the age of 18 having plastic surgery if it's not something that um, has to do with like their health or their livelihood? So answer those two questions. I'm going to let Aaron finish her uh <laughs> Her, her passionate answer. Go ahead, girl. Um, I'm glad you added that that addendum, Zanetta. If it has nothing to do with their health or their livelihood, they just want to look like somebody on Instagram. No, before 18, no, you cannot have plastic surgery. Now, once you turn 18, you know, you making your own money, you do whatever you want to do. Do what you want to do. But if I have to have a say in it, no, you will not be getting plastic surgery. Because teenagers are so flip-floppy. Child, one day they not happy about something or they not friends with somebody and the next day everything is good. No. Child, even at 18 or 21, like, that... Y'all about to get me on a tangent. Yes, but I think at the... At the very least, if you're going to be giving somebody plastic surgery, they at least need to be a certain age because even after that certain age, like us as humans, we're very fickle. So there may be sometimes, and this may be TMI listeners, I'm sorry. There will be sometimes where I'll look at my boobs in the mirror and be like, "Mm, those things look nice. And then the next day, I could have had a bad day and been like, ugh, why did I, or why they look like that, or they're not as big as so-and-so, or whatever. So you really just have to take into account the fickleness of humans in general. But then as a teenager, mm-mm. Girl. No. Yeah, I agree. Um, If my kid came to me and said they wanted plastic surgery, I'd be like, nah, girl, or son, no. Nah. We're not doing that. At least, again, like you said, as long as you, I hate to sound all old and traditional, but as long as you under my room, <laughs> I'm I'm not putting, I don't feel, I don't see the, what is the word, the benefit or the cause and effect of you getting surgery over your life. Like, nah. Like you said, once you're 18, you start making your own money. You can, at that age, you can legally do whatever you want to do. Again, I still wouldn't agree with it, but at that point, that's going to be in your hands. But I feel like Aaron said, like at at sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, even younger, like you don't know what you like. 
it changes. Five seconds later, I remember being like, oh, I don't hang out with this person. And two days later, my dad and my mom walk in the room. Who are you talking to? Oh, so-and-so. I thought you didn't. Yep. You know, like it, it changes. Mm-hmm. So I think you're, I think no, nah, for me, that's going to be no for me. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> we sound so old nowadays because maybe when I was like 18 or early 20s, I'd be like, you know, well, maybe you really have to talk to them and see. And now at 32, I'm like, nope, nah, son. Like, that wisdom, girl, the experience changes things, how you view things, you know? The main question was, in what ways does social media encourage or discourage body shaming? And then my example was Lizzo, who has become really popular maybe over the last year. Um, And so... I wanted to start with how do y'all feel about Lizzo? I mean, I love Lizzo because she 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 too. is a a woman. First, she's a she's a woman, and then she's a woman of color, and then she's a woman that is not your typical average size that you see plastered on all throughout media, and like she really doesn't care what anybody thinks about her. Um, she's out here showing all mm-hmm. her body. I don't know if y'all saw where she was at the basketball game, and she I was had gonna a, ask about that. She had a dress on that had the booty out, and she really did not care. So I feel like she's giving, she's allowing women that are not a size two, four, or six, and who doesn't have a small waist and all that extra stuff that you can still be sexy at any size mm-hmm. that you are. And you and you can be able to love yourself because she's living proof that you can, and she really does not care. And so I feel like that's how she is, you know, promoting body body positivity. And she's probably not the only one, but she's like the one that's out there forefront. And I know that she has some haters out there that try to downplay her and try to use her size against her to body shame her, but. At the same time, she's actually counteracting that with showing pictures of herself and all this stuff and giving out inspirations to a lot of girls. So I love her. I think that, um, I think when I look at Lizzo, I always think like, dang, like I wish I had that self-confidence to just be like, whatever, like who cares what people think? Like at the end of the day, it's your skin. You got to love the skin you in. I think that too is like, I don't know. I always see that um, when I think about her and I think like to to whatever size you are, if you're small, like, cause I think a lot of people think, Oh, like smaller people don't have insecurities about whatever, whatever. But I think that everybody has issues with what they look like. I'm not, let me not, let me, let me rephrase that. I think everybody has things again, that they don't necessarily care for on themselves or think different qualms about themselves. And I think it doesn't even matter what size you are. I think that we all can relate to the fact of some days you wake up, like you said, you look in the mirror and you're like, oh shit, I'm sexy as fuck. And then the next day you may wake up and be like, ugh, I'm not feeling mm-hmm. it today. And that shit is real. Like, you know, it's, it's like that. And I just think that um, I can appreciate the fact and respect the fact and love the fact that she is unapologetic unapologetically herself um her being a plus-size woman being something that we don't always that that is not always glorified to be sexy or attractive or beautiful um that resonates with me because I'm on the the more thicker side of the thing 
Um, but I think that it just, I think that's a lesson for a lot of girls, regardless of what you look like, because it's just like, we all have those days and just wear what you want to wear. Like do what you want to do. Like, you know, I don't know, but I can, I, I, I love that. So let me ask, I want to go back a little bit to what Zanetta, uh, when she mentioned Lizzo's outfit at the, the basketball game. How did y'all feel about that? Inappropriate, but <laughs> I like how, because I mean, there were children at that basketball game, so she didn't have to, she could have twerked in her seat and all that, and she didn't have to show the world. But I like the confidence that she had to pull that mm-hmm. off. I'll give that to Liz. Okay. Yeah, I agree with that. I think the environment and the place it makes a big difference. Like, I don't, I don't, I didn't really follow up on that story a lot other than that people were complaining about what she wore and yada, yada, yada. Um, I think my issue was not what she was wearing. It was where you were wearing it. And I feel like there's a time Mm -hmm. and place for that. Like, like you said, there's games and I, and I get you're grown, you wear what you want to wear, but I think too, you also have to kind of be aware, like read the room basically, like be aware of where you are. Like, Yes, it's it's great to be self-confident and wear whatever the fuck you want to wear. But I think also that particular situation seems like it came off just a tad bit extra just because, like, it's a basketball game. Like, that's that was my only mm. thing is, like, I get it, girl. Be positive. Wear what the fuck you want to wear. You can wear the same thing these, these smaller girls are wearing. But I don't know if that was the right place to do all that. And I want to also kind of play devil's advocate as well. So you have Megan Thee Stallion, who is beautiful Mm -hmm. and has a banging ass body as well. And she is kind of always getting flack too for always kind of like twerking or whatever she's wearing and things like that. Do you guys feel there to kind of tie into that? Do you feel like there is a double standard to that? Ooh, great. I'm taking it back to a bad conversation. Uh Um, I do feel there is a double standard, definitely. Uh, And the conversation that I had was with this guy that I was, we'll say talking to, because we never really made it to the dating stage. But I forget what I had said. I had said something about Cardi B. And he said something to the effect of, pretty much she was leading down she was leading young girls down the wrong path something like their lyrics were disgusting like female rappers lyrics were disgusting or whatever and so i was like uh but male rappers been rapping about the same thing for decades like what are you talking about like if you say that about female rappers you have to say the same thing about male rappers And that was just a perfect example of how, yeah, males are out here call us bitches, hoes, talk about how we twerk their pants off, talk about how they want to have sex in the club, how they didn't have threesomes and yada, yada, yada. And, but if a woman comes out and be like, yeah, my head is so good, like he gonna want to pay me or yeah, like I actually like to twerk. 
men be acting like twerking is like the best thing ever god forbid if a girl actually likes to twerk like okay now she's disgusting so i need to be doing something that i don't like just for the enjoyment of you girl anyway. that is a whole another topic anyway so that was a long way around to say yes i feel like there is a double standard <laughs> Anyhow. I think there is definitely a double standard. That kind of even went to a whole different um, lane, but I do think there is a double standard um, with men and ooh, that should be a topic um, with men and women um, as far as like like owning their sexuality and, and doing whatever they want with their bodies or, or, you know, with whoever, whereas men are expected to do that and are praised to do that, whereas women, oh, you a hoe, you fast, you need to sit down, blah, blah, blah. But how come because I have something different in between my legs, I'm supposed to, I might, I'm expected to behave a certain way. And then that kind of goes into when people try to shame, rape shame victims. Oh, because she was wearing this. Oh, because she was flirty. Oh, she was drinking. Oh, she was doing that. But why am I responsible for you? being a grown ass person and or whatever type of person and controlling yourself. Why is, why is, why is your ability to control yourself? My responsibility. That don't make sense. Girl. But then it's also my responsibility to control what I wear and to control how I act and control how much I drink. But God, girl, right, but that's, what I, that's oh. my whole point is that I should be able to wear and do and drink whatever the hell I want to drink and not be called a hoe or whatever else or being blamed for being raped or what or sexually assaulted or whatever the case may be. That's a whole nother. Anyway, go ahead, ZZ. I'm, I know you was about to say something. Yeah. Oh, well, I have a question to kind of get us back on topic. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I kind of have like, I kind of have like a cup. I have like two questions, but they're kind of, they're kind of different, but still relating to past surgery. Um, I know we like, can't speak from the male aspect of plastic surgery but do you feel i know women have these images of how they're supposed to look like the unrealistic image of what they're supposed to look like so they go out and get plastic surgery do you feel like men have that same pressure when they look at a dude look at these dudes on Mm. media with the perfect ab the perfect body do you like the youngness do you feel like they kind of go through the same thing that us females go through in regards to plastic surgery like like they get the fake like get the um lipo to have the abs pop out or they get like the i guess implants for their pecs to, to look bigger i don't know do you feel like dudes go through that just like us women do to, to achieve the perfect body or image? I say absolutely. I think that they probably wouldn't tell us that or discuss that like that. Cause I think, and again, this is a whole nother topic. I think a lot of men are taught to kind of internalize a lot of their feelings and not necessarily discuss certain things. I feel like that's probably one of those things. Um, because I do feel like, you know, again, just seeing this constant image of what people look like and realistically, most of us don't look like these things. And again, the people in the pictures don't look like that because they went out and got it or they, you know, whatever. 
Um, but I think that guys probably do have some type of, you know, not all, but I think some guys probably have um, thoughts of seeing that, like, dang, like, I need to, I need to go to the gym. I need to do this. Like, this guy, you know, of course, they probably, again, would not say that or verbalize that, but I feel like they do probably deal with that in one way or another. But again, we're not men, so. Yeah, because yeah, I saw, I like, I watch a lot of documentaries and a lot of stuff on YouTube. And I saw like a clip where these two individuals, these two men, one was getting lipo for his abs because he said that he goes to the gym every day for four years straight and his abs are just not, they just not pushing through. And so he got lipo to get his abs to be more defined. And then this one individual, he got Botox because he's like, I'm in an industry where beauty is like my golden ticket to get job opportunities get like partnerships for my company so I have to look young in order to compete and stuff mm. like that so and so I thought I saw that as quite interesting because I always hear it from the women's side I never th- thought that dudes would you know be rushing to the like their doctors to get this done but one dude was like I've been going to the gym. I don't like. I I barely see results, so I'm just gonna go underneath the knife to get my body. And then one dude was like, "I gotta do it because of my job." So that was quite interesting to me. I think guys have yeah. a certain level of pressure, and we really can't think. We can't say how much pressure because we're not actually men. Um, but I think at least in the posts that I see on my social media page or whatever, I do see a lot of posts praising men that have like the cut bodies and that are tall and have, uh, how can I say this? That are endowed very well. Great sweatpants. Um, and you know, are clean cut or put together well you know what I'm saying like there's a certain image that gets passed around at least on my social media of this is the guy that is sexually attractive <clears throat> and so at least on my on my pages I know if I were a guy I would be like okay mm-hmm. well that's what I need to look like if I want to attract all of this attention um we really need to find a guy but I um I don't know. I think there is some pressure out there on them. Um, It just may not be. I think there's pressure, but then there's also a call for acceptance for guys that may not look like what most women find acceptable. Like there's more pressure for women to be like, oh, you like you should like him for his personality or you know, does he have a good job? Is he willing to provide for you? Or does he treat you well? Like, there's a pressure to overlook looks where I don't see that pressure in going yeah, toward women, like they, if that makes sense. They have a pressure, but it's in a different way. Because, um, again, it's like women, it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know, this whole 1950s mentality of us being there for the pleasure of men or for the entertainment of men and I think that that pressure translates into that and I think like you said for men it it is a pressure but I think it kind of translates a little bit differently 
Um, I had an ex that I call, well, we won't say that. Anyway, I called call the bad word. I'm not going to, I ain't going to degrade him on here. But I had an ex and he, I normally date taller guys, but he was kind of like my height, maybe a, a centimeter, millimeter taller than me. Um, no. He was. He was little though. I remember like after we broke up, or was it after we broke up? I can't remember. At some point, um, during that period in my life, um, I realized like I think oh I think it was because he used my eBay account at the time, and he used to like look up these little things that were supposed to like make him taller or whatever, and I kind (laughs) of chuckled at it. It was like you. I I think a lot of times. We don't think of men feeling whatever way about any any one topic. Um, and so I was just kind of like taken aback, like, oh, so this is something that actually bothers him or that, you know, that he internalizes about his image. And it's like, I don't know, like it didn't bother me to date him and him being short. Um, I make fun of him now for it because, you know, he turned out to be raggedy, but I don't make fun of him because he was short. I just make fun of him because he, he raggedy. Right. So, <laughs> um, but I think you're trifling. Right. So that was basically just an example of like a guy feeling insecure about something um, physical that, you know, to me, I mean, it didn't bother me, but uh, clearly he felt some type of way about it. Hmm. I have another question. Along, okay, going, so coming back from like, you know, going out of seas and you risking your own life about these surgeries. How do you feel, okay, you research your doctor, you did this, that, and the third, you go in for a procedure, and the procedure is just botched. Like, it's just, it wasn't what you expected. Mm-hmm. Do you think that it's the responsibility of the doctor to, it falls on them, or it's just like, you you just got to take an L on this whole botched situation that you, <laughs> you went into, like, Cause I've seen I cause I watch a show called Botch on the E channel and I'll be looking at I'll be looking oh, at I these situations and I'm like Dang And it'd be <laughs> it'd be for like the sweetest people. It's like the sweetest people come with these stories and I'm like, Oh my god, like you didn't have to go through that but I'm like I mean you you said you researched your doctor, but I don't think you researched enough where you had to come to these other doctors to fix your situation. So, like, whose fault is it? Is it the doctor for messing them up, or is it the patient for not really doing their due diligence? Yeah. Both. Because I feel like if if you're going to get something, first of all, whenever we go to the doctor, most of us, if we do what we're supposed to do, are going to research like the reviews of the clinic or whatever. We're going to research what the doctor specializes in. You're going to look at doctors that you are more comfortable with. So if you're, uh, if you want a white doctor, black doctor, Hispanic doctor, whatever, you're going to do that due diligence to make sure the doctor that you're going to has the right qualifications. Um, and I would say that even more so if you're letting somebody cut into you, you better make sure that they got number one, the qualifications and, um, a good track record on the same token. 
the doctor know that he don't know what the hell he doing and don't need to be opening nobody up to do nothing. Yes. Yes. Um, so I think that that's important too. I, I, um, this, okay. So I know a story about a woman who went in for like a simple, I don't know if they call it an outpatient procedure or maybe it was like a light surgery. I don't know. She went in for something. Um, but she ended up coming out like with all these issues and then eventually passing away. But come to find out, like the doctor had had all these um, issues with patients and surgeries and things like that. And it's like nobody held them accountable. Mm-hmm. Accountability. Um, nobody held him accountable. And it's just like, how did y'all allow this man to continue to practice medicine knowing that he did not do his job or did not know what he's doing or whatever the case may be. I don't know if he, I assume he was an older man, but it's just like, that is to what you're saying. I think it's both people's responsibility because number one, like I said, it's a risk anytime. So with something so important and precious as your life, I would feel like you would want to take all the precautions and do all the research you can to make sure again, there's a, there's a risk, but, the risk kind of goes down with, okay, so this person has done this before. This person has been practicing for this long, this person, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, and again, nobody should be practicing. And if you know, you shouldn't be. That, and it kind of also goes into on the part of the doctors, like even if they're doing it in good faith or in good effort without any uh, malintent or whatever the word is, like in any profession, you need to know what your limits are, what your training is. Like not everybody is made to do plastic right. surgery, right. I'm sure. And so you really need to be honest with yourself and be like, look, this may be out of the scope of my training, um, you know, my interest or, you know, my skill set. Like, yeah, I may have been trained, but my hand's a little shaky. Maybe I shouldn't be operating on nobody. You know what I mean? Like you really, that is the part, that is a a professional responsibility that comes when you take on any job that affects somebody else's life. Like you really have to be aware of your own weaknesses because you are affecting somebody's life, whether it's mentally, physically, you have a hand in how they yeah, go on in the ego- future. Ego and a lack of accountability is a bad disaster. Like, because, like, mm-hmm. knowing your weaknesses, but also being like, okay, you know what? This is somebody's life in my hand. I know I can't do this. Let me pass this on to Joe over here because he's trained and he's done this before. And not being like, oh, I need to do this because I'm a macho, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, male or female. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a surgeon. I'm, you know whatever looked at in this way and I don't want to look weak or I don't want to look like I can't do anything and I feel like I would prefer you to pass this on to Joe Blow if you don't know what the hell you're doing or you know you got a shaky hand or whatever the case may be because in the end and then also on the other side other professionals in the board or whatever if you know this person has a bad track record or is starting to show a pattern of behaviors or um not behaviors but um incidences like hold this man accountable until he can't practice like whatever it needs to be but anyway um did you guys have any 
closing thoughts or things that you guys <laughs> want to leave in the air or the atmosphere about body images and things of sorts? I just go to say, therapy. Yeah, go therapy first before you make any decision in your life. I would just like to add to work on loving yourself as you are because it's your body. You're going to be stuck with it until the end. Um, I know that that is easier said than done and that we struggle with it. It's not a straight line. It's not a straight high line. It's not a straight Mm -hmm. low line. It goes up and down. Um, But try to love on yourself as you are. That's all I got. And if you're going to get plastic surgery, just make make sure that, you know, you find the right doctor and you do your research before you Mm -hmm. go in because this is plastic surgery is surgery. It's a medical procedure where you're going to have to go underneath and it's your livelihood. So make sure that whoever you go to, that you research, double research, triple research, so you're not coming out botched Mm -hmm. or you have to be hospitalized or you're stuck with a result that you just don't like. Or you don't make it to see what the hell your body looks like afterwards because, you know, just make sure your pros pros outweigh your cons. And like you said, do your research because that is huge. And again, that's not to say you can't go to a regular or a good surgeon or practice or place or whatever and not get botched. But just make sure you, you know. Oh, and do it for the right reason. Do it for the right reason. Don't right. do it for no amen, man. Amen. Don't do it because you saw a girl walking down the street and you're like, ooh, I want to look like her. Thank do you. Do it for the right reasons that you know you're going to live with for the rest of your life. Life, 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 life. I want, to, want that to echo. Mm. <laughs> Zizi, did you real. want to um, shout out any of your social media or you want, you're you good? Uh, yeah, you guys, you can follow me on IG. It is Zizi underscore that's me. You know, I'm on IG. You know, Facebook is, you know, Zanetta <laughs> KPA. I'm going to give you the first three letters <laughs> of my last name. It's easy for you guys. She said, I mean, I want y'all to follow me, but not that. Oh, I'm easy to find on You're Facebook. Right. But yeah, you can find me there. But yeah, um, IG is ZZ underscore that's me. Yay. That's what's up. Well, thank you, Zanetta, for chilling with us and chatting it up and drinking with us. I'm feeling a little right, so I need to go put some food on my stomach because I haven't eaten. Starting to cross my eyes over here. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm about to hit this rum and coke over here. Like, yes. This rum and coke. <laughs> right. But yes, please follow us on Instagram at sip underscore sessions underscore podcast and follow us on Facebook at sip sessions podcast. You guys have a awesome week. Bye. 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 Bye.